0: Hi, I'm Ryan, and I'm JP, and we we are are still still socially socially isolated.
1: Hello, listeners, we have missed you. We have been on a hiatus, uh, as many podcasts do, but we just couldn't resist to come back into the virtual studio for one of our favorite and annual traditions, the Sundance Film Festival.
0: Yes, it is our annual post Sundance discussion, which actually is one of our most popular episodes. And we are here with our regular guests, Tacoma's own Chase Hutchinson and Philip Cowan. Our regular listeners will recognize those names, but gentlemen, how about a short introduction from each of you to remind everybody?
2: Sure, I'm I'm Philip Cowan. I'm executive director over at the Grand Cinema, nonprofit over by Wright Park in Tacoma, and I've been there for 16 years. And this is about my 11th Sundance Film Festival, I think, third eight. Eight of them there in Park City and then three of them virtually now, including this one. Wow.
3: Yeah, my name is Chase. This is not my first Sundance, but it is not that many. I will say that. I am a writer at a couple different places around. Find me there for some of these thoughts on these movies.
0: You have to stay to the end to introduce your socials. We'll keep everyone hanging, but then you'll be able to share where we can find you online. Make it to the end. Yes. So, Philip, you mentioned virtual. Um, tell us a bit about how the festival worked this year, and uh, maybe what was a little different than last year.
2: Sure. So, for for me, I, I get a press and industry pass that which allows me to see an unlimited number of films, but within a certain time frame on each and each. And that was it was a little bit different this year and better. Um, last year, you had to kind of book your tickets, and they could run out and and there were certain times on them this year once a movie premiered there in park city you had two days later the window for me to start to watch it opened up and then i had essentially four days to do that so it kind of I had a rolling four-day window um, for each movie and it worked out really well and it gives you a lot of flexibility um you can pause it for a little bit not for hours because uh, you have to finish within five hours of when you start it um but it gives you a chance to to not have to lock in things early. And to for me, I, I watch a little bit on the reviews. I have a list of films that I'm kind of intending to see, but as reviews come out, some elevate higher and some drop down. And so I kind of reorder and figure out my skill as it goes along.
0: Chase, how about you? I believe you were on the ground.
3: I was. It was very cold. And normally I would be like, Psh, it can't be that cold. But it was really cold. Some midnight movies when you'd get out at two in the morning, you'd start shivering real quick. Um, No, but I was there in person, basically start to finish. Then at the t- tail end, when I came back, I caught a few of the award winners that I had missed that they opened up additional online screenings of and had kind of watched a few online throughout when I was up very early as well. So kind of did a bit of both, but was mostly on the ground, just Living at the movie theater, basically.
2: Had you been to Park City there in Sundance before, or had been just virtual for you?
3: I had, but not when I was sort of in the industry. I guess I am now and covering it. Um, so it was a lot more relaxed. This was just like a sprint of a lot of movies, a lot of writing, a lot of assignments. Um, yeah. And then I had I had planned to go last year, but they had obviously pivoted last year. Um, and then I did it remotely. When that had happened,
0: JP, did you manage to sneak any in virtually or in person?
1: Unfortunately, no. I uh, I, I wish I could, and um, I, I am super busy these days uh, in, in the uh, the daily activities of, of my job. That uh, I'm almost rarely seeing movies anymore. Now it's whatever I can catch in an audio book or or uh, through a, a, a quick uh, read online.
0: So you are still socially isolated, is what I'm still,
1: yeah. Oh, that, that sounds so sad now in 2023. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we can live vicariously through these guys. Uh, I watched a, a few, but what was a little different, it felt like this year um, was just that the streaming was only for a few days. Like it wasn't over the 10 day. So I'm not someone, you know, I have a a job and, and I do stuff during the day. So now that it's virtual, I would sit down every night and watch a movie. And it, it really was only five nights, I think maybe five or six, but then, you know, there's a night that I have plans and stuff. So, you know, there's really only a handful I could watch. And then uh, I also, I try to see things that I don't think I'll have a chance to see again. So I went through the whole list and then went to get my virtual tickets and almost none of them were part of the virtual festival. Um, but, you know, so it was what it was, but yeah, I felt like I was um, a little bit disappointed or maybe just, I just didn't do it right. I didn't understand the limitations in order to really maximize the the layman's virtual experience without the past. So um yeah so maybe with that in mind you guys can um talk through how you decided what to watch and and you know what went well what didn't go so well
3: yeah i thought quite a lot went well um there was a little bit of some moments where you'd be seeing a bunch of movies that were not bad but were sort of down the middle and you were like okay that was nice but then then there'd be some real gems that that really stood out and i We'll just throw out this one so that the people that are listening to it will hear it as one of the first ones and hopefully be on the lookout for it. The movie All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt was really outstanding. It was a feature debut from Raven Jackson, which is one of those moments that I hope in a couple years they play back me trying to find that name. And it's comical because everybody knows who Raven Jackson is um and it was great it was a uh, some people have compared it that i spoke to kind of to terrence malick but i think it goes a little bit deeper in its own different direction than that it's about this woman growing up in mississippi and kind of the flashes of memories through her life and it's that's all i'll say about it but it's really a striking some people would say experimental type of movie and how it plays with form and rules and editing. And I thought the way it kind of all connected different moments in time together to find meaning was was really, really great.
2: Yeah, and I'll just comment on that one. That's not one I saw, um, but it, it, it does have distribution by A24. Uh, and so it's one that I, it's probably likely that we'll play it at the Grand whenever they do decide to research. So listen to Chase's recommendation and come see it at the Grand sometime later this year.
3: And it's definitely a movie that's worth seeing in theaters because I had I had made sure just because I didn't want to miss it that I had the chance to get the screener for it. I had a certain number of virtual screenings, but then the opportunity presented itself to see it in person. And I'm very glad I did that because just sitting and kind of letting it all wash over you. The sound design is really great. Yeah, it's it's a movie to see in a theater and just kind of sit with it and let it kind of take over. It's it's very striking
1: nice
0: yeah that's an important note to go see it in yeah. in person too i just find i always enjoy things so much more in the theater but <laughs>
1: indeed philip how about you what was your next pick
2: so well for me i you know i kind of give films a grade and then i write up a little summary after each one because i will quickly forget what i watched and if i didn't have a list in front of me right now i would still already for- forgotten what i watched um but one of the early films that I saw that liked uh, was one called Radical, uh, which is a film, uh, a Mexican film. It was based on a true story of a, an inspiring sixth grade teacher, kind of one of those teachers who comes in and thinks outside the box and throws the rules out the window and tries to really connect with the students. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of dark movies out there in the world, and this is just one that kind of makes you feel good. was nothing exceptional in the movie making. It was, you know, somewhat predictable. You know, it was based on a true story, so it's, um, there's some reality to it, but I don't know. It makes you, it, it made me cry a little bit uh, to to see the the connection they he made with the kids and to see the, the system kind of working against him and wanting to put him back in the box. But um, I, I know teachers here locally uh, who do some really good things. And I thought it would be a, a good one to create some discussions post film to talk about the way that kids learn uh, and the way we traditionally learn versus the way we could be learning. And so that's one that I look forward to trying to bring in later. This year, I'm not sure if it has a distributor, so I don't know when it might be. But hopefully, it'll come into the ground.
0: Nice. Chase will ping pong it back over to you for another highlight.
2: Yeah,
3: the other highlight I was then going to reference was Fancy Dance. It's the feature debut of Erica Tremblay and stars Lily Gladstone. Who, if you don't know who Lily Gladstone is, you're going too soon because she's going to be. In the new Martin Scorsese movie, she was also in the Kelly Reichardt movie from a couple years ago. That was really, really great. And it's about this woman who is looking after her niece because her sister has disappeared. And as an indigenous woman who disappears, there's not a lot of resources that get put into finding her. And she's trying to both raise this young niece and also try and find her sister and then discovers that that's not really working out and when the state suddenly comes in and says we're going to reassign your niece to live with your father who she's never known it, it creates these complications and she decides to take her on a journey to find her mother and it kind of follows a little bit of a kind of conventional or what could be conventional road trip a little bit of a crime drama but the performances are all really really great and kind of the very grounded lived in reality that they have is just really fantastic and I won't say anything more than that but that the ending is this very kind of fitting moment that really really blew me away and I that's the one I would recommend next
0: that was one of the few that I did was able to stream even though I know it'll hope you know I'm hoping it'll available widely. Um, but the only thing that I will add to that is that, um, There was, does seem to be sort of a mini thread, at least in my own programming, that the very next night I watched A Murder in Bighorn County, which is, um, it was presented from the festival as one uh, long documentary, but you could tell, I believe it's going to be three different episodes Um, when it comes February 3rd to streaming. (laughs) Probably by the time this podcast is out, you could go watch it. Um, But there did seem to be, you know, definitely it seems like Sundance with their finger on the pulse of you know, topical issues, uh, I felt like I had this, this mini thread of missing and murdered indigenous women, which felt very important.
3: And I believe that fancy dance was through the Sundance labs, I want to say. So it was kind of something that they had fostered the growth of, and I'm very glad that they they did, because um, it's a great character study of just these two people um, the actress that plays her niece had been in this sort of Amazon mystery series that I had seen, but it's her feature debut and she's really great. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a one that I'm excited about, especially for best performances of the year. Lily Gladstone is just really, really great.
1: I'll have to keep an eye out for that name. Philip, how about a, how about you? Any other well, uh, exciting
2: things? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll throw out one that we we both listed on there. There's one called Rye Lane um and that was one that early in the festival i didn't have on my list um but i just kept hearing all this you know these great reviews and great feedback from it online so i was like okay i got to go catch this movie and my was i'm not sure exactly i had a favorite of the festival but it was certainly in that top couple of favorites um it's kind of a british well it is a british film a british comedy about two people who meet one day kind of randomly and then kind of go on one of those wild one day adventures things of of posing as boyfriend girlfriend and then kind of becoming a little bit of that as the film goes on but it was just really creative and had a sharp sense of humor and it's really fast-paced in a lot of it i'm um, just like jokes and responses and things like that and uh, and again it's you know, i'm looking at programming for the grand i'm always looking for ones that are going to make people feel and have fun and come out with a smile on their face and i think this is one that did that
3: yeah just will echo all of that it kind of has a not that there's a direct comparison, but I believe it has come up before sunrise is kind of a reference point where just a life in the day, but it has a lot of its own charm and both of the leads are great. There's this color that pops to it and also something that I just really liked. There's a lot of moments where there's just random people that kind of are part of it. Uh, a shirtless man leaning out a window, a kid going by on a scooter making a, a screaming sound. Yeah, and there's just kind of these moments where you're like, "Oh, this feels like we're just kind of going on a stroll," and then obviously the plot kind of kicks in, and there's these funny escalations. But there's also just this nice, lived-in detail to it that is that is really nice.
0: I see you. You both have what might be. Oh, uh, Chase, I'll have to clarify, but you both have maybe what could be a horror pick. So I'd love to hear about something from the Midnight. Uh the midnight programming line. Um, what what there jumped out at you? That's always an exciting part of Sundance.
3: Yeah, to me, the midnight programming was with one notable exception, the midnight programming was probably my favorite of all the things. Um, and the first movie I had seen late at night was Birth Rebirth, which I quite liked. And it's sort of a reimagining of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in terms of resurrection and what that power means and how it will change the person that's resurrected and the, the people themselves doing it, where these two women, one of them who has a daughter who she has to bring back, the other who sort of works in the basement of her hospital and them sort of forming this bond and doing these experiments that almost all play out within a single apartment, but are just very... It has a very dark sense of humor to it that that I really, really had liked and was a great way to to kick off that section of the programming.
2: And and mine, I'm not a big late night fan, so I don't tend to, to watch those too much, but there was one in particular also had, was getting a little bit buzzed and I had a 16 year old daughter and she loves horror films. So it's like, so I just said, okay, let's sit down and watch this one together. It's one called Talk to Me, which is an Australian film. Uh, and they did a, both, it impressed me and my daughter. Uh, it was really well done. Uh, it kind of starts off, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get into it, um, but it's uh, teens that they, you know, kind of in the normal horror genre of there's a, there's a hand and if you hold this hand, uh, then you can kind of conjure up someone who's dead. And if you wait too long, that that person kind of comes into you and then stays around. Um, and so it was, it was a good conversation of, of you know, talking to, to, in some cases, trying to contact a particular person, but it's kind of a seance kind of movie within the horror. And uh, there's some, definitely a couple of graphic scenes in there where the, the, the thing that's living inside you is making you do very bad things to your body. Um, but it's really well done and it keeps some suspense. And uh, I, I think that one could be kind of a cult film over here in the U.S.
1: Something for the weird elephant.
2: Uh, I think that one's beyond weird elephant. So yeah, I think that one will play broader than that.
3: Nice. <clears throat> yeah, we'll also echo that. I quite liked, even though I didn't love that one as much as the other ones. Um, just because there's some, it's one of those ones where the characters behave in such a way where you're like, okay, this no one, they're they're overlooking a lot, and it's about the the risk taking and the self destruction. But once once you get into that destruction. And you're like, how is this person's head even still attached at this point? That's where you're like, that's where it really kicks off and is is something fun.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely don't look too hard for reality, so I was I was willing to overlook a few things. So you know.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I usually have a high tolerance for that, um, and so it doesn't bother me too much. It more was just this moment where you're like, okay. it it reminded me of last year's smile kind of in a sense where it's about sort of something getting passed on. Not quite the same, um, but it it has those conventions (laughs) that it plays within and sometimes will sacrifice other things to, to keep going headfirst into the the bloody gore and the foot sucking and all the other things.
1: Oh my.
0: You had me at foot sucking. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Chase, you have one on your list here that I just, I just think this name is great. Infinity pool. What a great name.
3: Oh, yes. That's that's another midnight horror movie that actually has already came out. That was one of the the sections where it was like, it's premiering and then a week from now it's out. So anyone can see that and it's out. And I quite liked it. It's from Brandon Cronenberg, who's a director who's the son of David Cronenberg. And they both kind of play around with body horror, but in their own ways. He had previously made Possessor which is a movie that I think I like a little bit more than this. Um, But this still has some interesting stuff going on. It's Alexander Skarsgård plays this struggling author who goes to this fictional vague Eastern European resort and discovers this woman who's played by Mia Goth, who's like, let's go out for a nice picnic. And on the way back from the picnic, he hits someone with his car because it's dark and He then is convinced to flee and then he's told the next day, you're going to be put to death for this. But if you pay us a big chunk of change, we'll clone you and put someone in your place. But you have to watch it happen. And it's horrifying, but then he kind of likes it. And then the rest of the movie is him without consequence, getting to do whatever he wants. And there's a tipping point to that. And I won't say what it is, but it's it's not. There's been some publications that put the headline as this is the craziest horror movie ever. It isn't, especially if you've seen these types of movies, but I still thought it was quite a lot of fun, has a darker humor to it, is pretty blunt in what it's trying to establish about how rich people use... Foreign countries for their playgrounds without consequence, but I I still think it was effective in what it was trying to do.
2: Another one I want to throw out is uh, "You Hurt My Feelings," which is a, a U.S. drama uh, stars Julia Louise Dreyfus, kind of playing a typical Julia Louise Dreyfus kind of role. Um, and it it was a good one. It's a comedy, but it also gives you some kind of things to think about. the The theme of it generally is a little bit growing older doing things that you do in your life and not being sure how good you are at them. In her case, she's a writer and she's trying to figure out is she a good writer or not? She thinks she is, her husband says she is, um, but she can't get her book sold. So what does that mean? And then when you overhear somebody say something um, that they didn't intend you to hear, uh, how do you take that? And and it goes into a lot of um, discussions of those little white lies that you tell friends or spouses and things like that to support them, but are maybe not true. Like your book is good and maybe it's not, but you don't want to say your book's bad. Um, and so it goes into a lot of those things on white lies that you just tell in lives. And so it, it had some good conversation points and, and is a good, feel good movie. So I recommend that one whenever it comes out as well.
0: Nice. Chase anything else you want to make sure that you call out from your list of picks?
3: Um I'll th- I'll definitely throw out Polite Society. Um it's a feature debut from the creator of the show Lady Parts. And there were some people that were comparing it to everything everywhere all at once, which I have mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts about cuz I don't really think it's like that at all, except for some of the the martial arts component <laughs> to it. But it's essentially about two sisters. One of them is a failed art student, or at least failed in terms of she dropped out of art school. The other is an aspiring stunt performer. And they sort of have their shared dreams that they support each other in when their parents don't understand. But when the older sister is about to get married and give all that up, the younger sister is like, no, this must be some sort of trick. You're being fooled. I'm going to find out what's going on with all this. And it bounces around to a lot of different genres in a way that I was totally willing to go with, but I could understand some people not at all because it's split into different sections. But it's a lot of fun. Um, Both of the performers are great. They're both very funny in their own way. Probably had some of the bigger laugh moments, um, that and Rylane. Um, I think that already has distribution and a release. Um, But yeah, that's one I would definitely be... miss not to mention as well
2: yeah one of my little random comments i just was looking at my spreadsheet on that i put it's kind of cringy at points but it was oddly compelling to me so it was a lot of fun
3: (laughs) that's what growing up is it's cringy and oddly compelling
2: yes
1: (laughs) philip you had on your list a film called other people's children that uh, i saw the trailer for and i was like oh that seems interesting
2: yeah it's it's a french film um and it It was kind of realistic of of things that you know as you get a little bit older and you start dating somebody who has a kid uh you don't have a kid but you date into a relationship like that of what life is like um in priorities and dealing with exes and uh and all of that and it's uh it's a kind of a gut-wrenching film um but really really well done and done it felt so realistic to me um and i just It was really drawn to that. It was one of the earlier films I saw in the film festival and uh, I like that one, you know, subtitled films are not always the ones that uh, draw the biggest audiences, but some of those are the best films. So
1: what excited me about this was that the, uh, the single parent was played by the father as opposed to the mother and the, the person coming into the relationship was, um, was a woman as opposed to a man like it felt like the rules were reversed in what Very you true. would typically see
2: right right good point and I'll, I'll throw out one other thing too that on outside of features you know i look at a lot of short films i try to see all the short film packages for programming in tacoma film festival and you know not all of the you know it's good as you know there's thousands and thousands of films that submit to sundance but yet not all of those work for the audience here. So I even really narrow down all of those films into the maybe 10 or 12 that would really work for our audiences here. And not many people see short films. Um, and so there's not really a way to see them between now and the Tacoma Film Festival in October, but I highly encourage you to, people to come back to, to any film festival, not just Tacoma Film Festival, Seattle or anywhere else. Um, check out some of the short film packages. There's a really good work in some of those.
1: Yeah. Indeed, I I second that. I I loved to get in during the film festival and, and see those short packages.
3: If I could do two rapid fire throwouts related to two topics people were talking about. One, the first one was in terms of movies that are not in the English language. I would recommend In My Mother's Skin. That was another midnight movie that I don't want to say very much about, but it's kind of a historical horror that has a lot of creepy effects and creatures that I thought were interesting. And then when it comes to shorts, I did not see the shorts, but I did see a movie that I believe was based on a short or expanded from one that has a Pacific Northwest connection. And that's sometimes I think about dying is kind of one I would want to make sure to throw about. Cause it's set in a lot of Oregon and actually set there. It's not sort of just establishing shot and then backlot in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, that's those are a couple that I just wanted to to make sure to throw out. Sometimes I think about Dying Stars, Daisy Ridley of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and is a really interesting kind of direction for her as a performer that is more deserving of her talents. That's all I'll say from where that series went. But yeah, those are
2: two ones I would recommend. Echo that. On sometimes I think about dying. Good, good film to see. It's a very northwest feel to it.
0: Nice. Did are there anything else with the Northwest connection we should shout out? And I'll just say for our listeners, if we've missed anything, get correct us on social media, tag your film, and we will share the info about it. But to the best of our knowledge, anything else with a with a regional connection? Maybe I'll just say Washington connection, since we might not know what's coming from Idaho and Oregon and Alaska.
3: I was not able to find any like very hyper local. Um, I will say at the neighboring slam dance, which is always very funny that it happens at the same time, there was the documentary Sweetheart Deal.
0: That's excellent.
3: Yes, I would want to recommend Sweetheart Deal. Um, I'm a part of the Seattle Film Critics Society, and we named it our Pacific Northwest film for our first year, which is something we started. So, yeah, would highly, highly recommend uh, Sweetheart Deal. Although it was not part of Sundance, it is still a movie that deserves to be seen, and I, I quite think has a lot going on that that is that is striking
0: Agreed, You're seconded
1: well gentlemen what uh what was the final total it's going to be an interesting uh perspective with one seeing it all virtual and another one seeing most of it uh in person
2: so i so i i saw about 40 uh and that includes short packages counting those as one each um so it was i was for mine i was very consistent i didn't most years when I'm there, I try. I have multiple days where I see five films, but this year it's just very consistent four every day, just sticking at that. And that beyond that was more than my body could handle these days.
3: <laughs> I think I saw about 25. I wish it had been more um, just because at the end you're like, oh, there's all these movies that people were talking about. the pesky
0: hang up of actually having to get to them which having been to Sundance personally I know is no small feat it can be rather a hectic kind of juggling and kind of a Faustian bargain if I go to this one I'll miss this one but I know I can get into this one so I'm just gonna do it
3: yeah and I had made some of those calls of here's a movie that is only showing in person at this time uh I should see it and then being like oh but I had missed one at that chance And plus then I would have to go and then write about some of them and, and figure out that way into the schedule. But I, I, I still very much enjoyed the, the majority of what I saw, there was always something to appreciate in it. Um, And yeah, that, that, that's kind of one of the joys I had seen beforehand of just in a kind of world where film is maybe not always valued and is sort of just like pushed to streaming and like, Oh, just something you put on while you do your laundry or clean and just don't pay attention to. There was something nice about a festival where everyone is there for the films and the stories and all about seeing interesting new works um, was was quite a an enjoyable experience.
2: Yeah. For anyone who's thinking of ever going to Sundance, you know, logistics, like you said, are are a big part of it of trying to figure out where things are and Uh, You know, there's a couple of venues that are a little bit outliers from others, and if you stick to the core ones, you can get from place to place and uh, they have have a good bus system that routes around but they're not always there when you want them and they're sometimes full when you want them and so uh, just just pay attention to things and just go with the flow.
0: Do you guys want to mention anything else before we close out any other themes gossip additions.
3: I, I'll throw out I really like Shortcomings. I know that might be a controversial one because the central character in Shortcomings is a very caustic person, but I thought that was a very interesting movie that um was directed by Randall Park, um that I that I really liked and would recommend. That that'll be my last one cuz it there's part of it that's kind of it's a movie's movie. There's lots of references to other movies and poking fun kind of big name movies while also kind of having a love for some of the smaller romantic movies sort of coming of age that, that I thought was really interesting and would recommend people see. It's also very funny. I, I like a comedy and all of these where sometimes they're maybe not as funny. A comedy is always a, a real gem after you've sat through a movie like magazine dreams that is not funny and very harrowing that's all i'll say i like that movie too but shortcomings is is a nice balm that that got me through a lot
1: is it happens to be a uh, an adaptation of a graphic novel
3: it does yes have I you read have, the graphic novel
1: i have it yeah adrian tomey uh, i have uh, the whole series of optic nerve which is another uh collection of work that uh that artist has done
3: yeah, Very fascinating. I, yeah. I would recommend it. I have not read it, but I want to go back and read it to kind of understand its origins. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, would would definitely recommend it.
1: I, I would highly recommend Optic Nerve, the the whole series. Uh, I actually used that as part of my thesis for uh, grad school.
3: Well, then now you got to see it.
2: <laughs> definitely.
0: Well, Philip, now's your chance to give a shout out for how everyone can stay tuned with the Grand and find out when some of these movies will be playing in our local theater.
2: Sure, you can find us at grandcinema.com. We have a coming soon page on there that shows any of the films that we've locked in and has a trailer for each of those. And there's a lot of other activities that you can find on our website as well. And you can find us on on uh Facebook as well as the Grand Cinema and Tacoma.
0: And Chase, I'm sure you'll try to alert everybody as best you can when you see things becoming available, but you have lots of other, you're always posting something new. It's hard to keep up with everything you're watching, but where can people see your latest?
3: Uh, just follow me somewhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm all over. I would say probably just follow me on Twitter at Eclectic Hutch is usually where I'll post most of the stuff that i'm seeing and a couple good movies coming to the grand to to toot the grand all the beauty and the bloodshed is a great documentary saint omer was one of my favorite movies from last year both of those coming up in february nice. you should see them they're very good and become and, a member i am also a member of the grand and they are thank, wonderful thank you
2: well and i'll throw out too if if you're talking about films coming i'm um, uh, upcoming at the grand our number one grossing film from last year was everything everywhere all at once and we are bringing that back here in a couple weeks um yes. so watch for that at the grand uh if you haven't already seen it see it if you've seen it uh, you probably already want to come see it again so and come see it on the big so much fun
1: i'm planning on it myself
0: About well, even getting jp out you know it's gonna I be good i know
1: i know i i have been watching the uh the newsletter come in i'm like oh i gotta see that one oh i gotta see that one and when i saw everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. I am like, oh, I got to bring people. I'm actually so,
0: going to see this one. <laughs> I'm going to
1: see this because I'm going to take people and it's and forcing me to to commit to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's coming in on the, the week of February 17th. And on February 18th, we are having, if you've seen the film, you'll know what I'm talking about. We're bringing in someone who's going to make some gourmet hot dogs. So if you like those hot dog fingers <laughs> from the movie, come get a gourmet <laughs> hot dog that day as well. But had an Brilliant.
1: everything bagel?
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It is. It it's, yeah. been, it's been a year since I saw it. I don't remember <laughs> the direct references anymore.
3: On a bagel.
1: Yes.
0: Well, we are, of course, on social media, even though we're posting less often these days. But still, you should follow us. I am on Twitter at IndieArtsVoice.
1: And I am on Twitter at JP Avila.
0: And the show is on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or just our website at SoISOPodcast.
1: If you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice.
0: Because that way you'll be updated when our next episode comes along.
1: And bye for now.